leave it all on the line. You got to leave it all, leave it all, leave it all on the line. Hey guys, Christy here, otherwise known as C, and welcome to the Ccast. I'll be sharing with you everything to do with health, fitness, well-being, and the power of your thoughts in the mind. So listen up, tune in, and let's grow together. Hello C fam, how are we? Welcome to my first episode on my Ccast. This is so, so exciting. I honestly cannot believe it has taken me this long to record a podcast. This has been so recommended from you guys. And let's be real, I have a lot to say and can talk so much. So basically what this episode is going to be about is me introducing myself and telling you a little bit more about my journey. So obviously I am quite open and I do talk a lot about my past and my goals and everything like that on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram, but I really wanted to kind of get in depth with everything. I also will be answering some frequently asked questions that I get all the time when it's about my health, um, my fitness, my past, etc. So I will be answering all them within this podcast today. So let's start with the basics. So what I do, who I am. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Christy Lee Swadling, um, otherwise known as C. So I am 22 years old. I was born on the 23rd of the 12th, 1996. So a Christmas baby. And people are like, oh my God, how exciting. You're born near Christmas. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Okay, everyone combines our presents, and if anyone knows me, presents are my love language, so don't combine my presents, alright? I want two separate like everybody else. I'm a child of four, and I am the eldest. I'm currently a content creator, as you guys know, YouTuber, blogger, Instagrammer, whatever you like to call it. Um, I don't really like to call myself a social media influencer at all. It kind of has this like negative stigma around it, like it's not a real job. And for me, what I do, like I put a lot of effort into the content that I create, the information that I'm giving you guys, and I definitely do see it as a real job. And yeah, like I'm not someone to kind of want to label anything as um, negative or positive, but I just know that a social media influencer, it kind of gets underlooked within business and how hard we actually do work. But yeah, if I was to give you guys a title, it would probably be just either a content creator, YouTuber, or blogger, like I said before. And within my life, recently I made a huge transition. So I moved from my hometown, away from literally everyone, to um, Sydney. So I didn't live in Sydney before. Everyone thought I lived in Bondi, but I was just always there because I love it. But I um, recently made a move to Sydney, so it's around two and a half hours from my hometown. I didn't really know anyone where I moved to. I roughly knew of a few people just from social media and connecting that way, but I literally knew no one. And I, prior towards that, I lived with my best friend Tiffany for three years. And I really just wanted to get my own apartment, have my own space. If anyone knows me, they know I love my own company. I love my own space. And just moving away from everything that I know and getting outside my comfort zone it was a huge transition for me and yeah, it's it's really helped my, my growth within my business, my personal development, my goals. So yeah, making a change and stepping outside of comfort zone is something that I cannot recommend doing enough. So because I love my, like, my alone time, I, I've really valued this. I've, I've valued just moving and creating my own little space. But um. Believe it or not, I actually haven't always loved my alone time. My alone time actually used to really, really scare me. 
there was a point in my life where uh, if I was alone in the afternoon, I would bawl my eyes out. And I know that there can definitely can be a few people out there that can relate. And this definitely did stem from the fear of my thoughts. So if you guys know a little bit about my past, I struggled with anorexia nervosa severely for my whole teenage life. And um, it basically controlled everything. And with anorexia, it's not just an eating disorder. It's so much more than that. And it's purely because of malnourishment comes into play. So disordered eating is something that is sadly really common. But with anorexia nervosa, it is, it's scary. It is really scary. I cannot like even explain and get into what it is like. So not only do you have an eating disorder and you have disordered eating patterns around food and you have a bad relationship with food, but because of your ridiculously low weight, your low BMI, you literally have a chemical imbalance within your brain. So this malnourishment actually causes you to think differently. And that again comes down to habits. And because I was thinking this way for such a long period of time, it did, it really consumed me. But not only was it because of my habits, I was thinking this way, I had malnourished, like I was so malnourished. And I had this chemical imbalance that I was literally unable to think with a clear, healthy state of mind. So I did get to a point where I was afraid of my own mind and I literally thought that there was someone in my head telling me to do these certain things. And it's crazy because when you go to counselling, when you see all these psychologists to do with um, disordered eating and anorexia nervosa, they do tell you to kind of detach it in a way and make you make you aware that okay there's you and then there's this person and I'm all about becoming aware of what you're struggling with and detaching it from thyself but when you kind of say okay there's me and then there's this other person you're actually completely out of control of what that other person is doing so I every time I'd go to the counselors or psychologists it would never really resonate with me and I would always leave feeling worse, like feeling like I was out of control. So that's probably where the fear of my own mind came from because I wasn't my own mind. So I was, I was literally told this and it is quite scary. It's, it's actually ridiculous thinking about it now, but, um, I, I kind of wanted to just talk a little bit about that and how I got out of it, strategies that I've used and what I apply now to continue with this freer mindset towards food, towards myself, towards health, towards balance even. So basically, so I basically started dieting at such a young age, um, around my early teens, so 14, 15, and um, I was diagnosed with an eating disorder at around uh, 16, 17 yeah, and I remember being admitted to hospital with anorexia on my 18th birthday. So that was pretty intense. And it was basically just um, back and forth of me trying to get better and not really knowing how, I guess. And it, uh, it was just, it was the hardest time of my life. Like it was, it took over my whole entire life. That that was my life. That's all I knew. And it was detrimental on you know, not only the relationship with me, but my relationship with my parents, 
my boyfriend at the time, my friends. I didn't really have much of a life because that was my life. It completely consumed me. And because you're malnourished and you're not eating enough and you're you're constantly just drained because your thoughts are just so fixated about food, about your body, about all these things that I was so unclear and I was so moody and I lost majority of my my joy, my happiness because with the human mind, if you're not focusing on happy thoughts, you're automatically focusing on negative thoughts. It doesn't really just stagger. It doesn't just stay in between. It's either like good or bad. And um, I was constantly just focusing on bad negative thoughts towards food, towards habits, towards addictions really. And that's what I believe anorexia or eating disorders or any disordered pattern really, that's what it is. It's an addiction. So I wasn't really told that. I was just told that I had this person in my head and I had to detach it and, you know, I would read what an eating disorder was and I just was really confused and I just know that the information that I was getting about anorexia, it just didn't feel right. So like I said, not only did it affect me and my relationships and how I felt, but it also affected my gut. It affected my hair. I lost my hair. Um, my my skin, it just affected everything because of my nourishment. I my bladder was ruined. I like my gut. I've never like experienced more pain when it comes to the gut purely because I wasn't eating. So it was creating like acidic within my bowels, and I just completely ruined my gut microbiome because I wasn't eating. And I never like um purged or anything like that. I just really restricted my food, and I never restricted my food because I wanted to look a certain way. My food restriction came from, like, it stemmed just pure habits, through habits. And um, these habits were created early stages of my life because I started dieting, because I wanted to clean up my diet, I wanted to eat healthier. And I guess just with the lack of knowledge towards proper nutrition and actually, like, eating healthy. Like, at that point in my life, I thought eating healthy was eating less. And that's what I did. And I, myself, I have an addictive personality. So if I do something, I want to be the best at it and I'll continue doing that until I find a new hobby. And with dieting, you know, all my friends, my my friends and I, we started like a diet and they all stopped and I just kept going and going and going and everyone was praising me saying I was really healthy and this and that. And in my mind, I was healthy. I did feel a lot better because I did clean up my diet. But because in my mind, eating less was healthy, I was going down that path rather than actually nourishing my body. And yeah, I guess I just created an addiction for that. And it got worse and worse and worse. And with addictions, your mind just doesn't stop there. With eating disorders, with anything to do with your your brain being out of balance, it doesn't just stop. So it just kept going. And my addictions, they, they grew. So I was addicted to obviously eating less, but I became addicted to feeling a certain way. And I became addicted to endorphins. I became addicted to exercise. I became addicted to anything that really fed that disordered pattern when it comes to um, feeling a certain way. So it's like I said, I never really cared about how I looked. I just cared about how I felt. So I didn't really like feeling full after meals. I didn't really like feeling a certain way after meals, but I loved the idea of feeling empty. I loved the idea of feeling exhausted. And it's a crazy, crazy mindset to have, but that is literally the mindset 
of someone with disordered eating or anorexia, you just crave this certain feeling. And it wasn't until I I got to a point where I was just crying every single day. I was exhausted. People didn't want to be around me because of just I was I wasn't really a person. I was so unclear. I was because I was so malnourished. I had no clarity there. My focus wasn't there. I couldn't even hold up a proper conversation without my eyes like glazing across the room. So I was always alone and I hated being alone. And, you know, my parents didn't really understand what was going on. So I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it because I didn't even really know what was going on. And uh, yeah, it literally wasn't until I read a book and my dad gave me this book and I thank him so much to this day because his book saved my life and it kind of made me more aware of what my eating disorder was or what anorexia was or what addictions are. And so this book is really well known and I I bet like hundreds of people that are listening to this podcast have read it before. I've heard about it and it's The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. So this book is incredible and it was kind of like the first thing that I interacted with when it would come to like personal development or law of attraction or anything like this. So yeah, The Power of Now, if you haven't read it, 100% recommend um, The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. You can get it on Odal Bible, you can get it like just a normal bookstore, like anywhere, literally anywhere. Um, but basically there was a quote that I read in that book and it resonated with me so hard and I remember just crying after reading it and what the quote was, it was, um, the more you feed the ego, the stronger the ego will get. And like, I I think he, he's someone who he says thy and like the words that he uses are like really intense and And I just know that I really just simplified the quote, but basically that's what I got from it. And I kind of like related the ego to all my negative thoughts towards food or addictions. So basically the more I fed into my addictions, the stronger they got. And it just, it made so much sense. Like I was like, holy crap, that is so true. Like the more I give in, The more I act upon my addictive thoughts, my addictive personality, the more I wanted this addictive lifestyle. And it was crazy because I didn't, I didn't like the way I felt, but I just kept doing it because that's all I know, knew, and that's what was comfortable. And so basically I, I just started to really become aware of what my negative thoughts were towards food, like what it was when I was thinking this way. So hence the detach the anorexia. So when I was told by um, psychologists and counselors to detach the thoughts and make it a different person, that didn't feel good because I felt out of control. But just basically to detach the thoughts altogether, all my thoughts, and realize that my thoughts are not me. And that, that, that that's what it's. Our thoughts, they're literally just thoughts. Just because we're thinking these thoughts doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's what is. Thoughts occur because of what you've fed, patterns, past experience, unconscious thinking. And I just, I became really aware of the thoughts that I was having that weren't actually feeding a purpose, that weren't making me feel happy. So any disordered thought altogether or any addictive thought, I started to become more aware of them. I started to journal them, journal how I felt and really just detach them altogether. Like I said, detach all my thoughts and 
I started to become aware of what feeding them actually looked like. So obviously if my mind was telling me to skip a meal or to do something that was feeding into the disordered mindset, for me to act upon it, so for me to skip that meal, that was feeding that thought. So I became aware of that. So I really started to challenge myself and be like, okay, cool, like, I know that this is hard, but the more I do it, the easier it will become because the more I go against the disordered way of thinking and my disordered habits and my addictive habits, this the weaker it got. So the less I gave in, the weaker it got. The more I gave in, the stronger it got. So I kind of became aware of that because in my mind, I never really went against my thoughts because they were hard and I thought they were just always going to be hard. So I just said, what's the point? But when I started to realize that the less I gave in, the weaker the habits became, I was like, holy shitballs. Like I'm going to challenge myself. And I did. I really, really challenged myself. And this took some time because these habits were drilled into me and were indented over like three, four years. So when I chose recovery and I really chose recovery, it did take some time. I, I was ill. I was very ill. And I had a lot of um, unconscious pain that I had to heal and get over and a lot of habits that I had to remake. So it really did take some time. And it's really only been within the past like two and a half years where I can say that I'm fully recovered from anorexia nervosa. And I've definitely had some issues when it comes to my gut, my diet, and just finding my balance really. Hence why I'm so passionate about, you know, finding your balance and creating your balance. And that's what I really want this podcast as well to um, to be a lot about, just how to create your balance and what that looks like for everyone and what steps you can do, what methods you can take and what you can apply on your in your everyday life to create your balance. And for me to create my balance, it's really just to find what makes me feel good, what, you know, what is going to nourish me and what is going to feed me. So not feed my addictive personality, but something that is going to feed my happiness, my, my free self. And, um, one of my affirmations, so a word that really resonates with me is freedom. And it's because for like all I can remember my whole teenage life, I had no freedom. I was literally just so afraid of myself and I was constantly needing control and just being so fixated on how how life should be. Like every single day was exhausting for me. I would wake up exhausted. I'd go to bed exhausted because there were so many rules I had to live by in order to feel a certain way. Not only with my addictions and my exercise addictions and my eating, but just with life really. I, Like I said, if you are going down one area, it doesn't just stop, it keeps going. So I created all these addictions in just so many unnecessary areas of my life. And for me, I do have to obviously be careful now to not get too addicted to things, whether um, it is something that I've just tried, whether it's going to be boxing and, you know, I've just tried boxing and I don't want to get too addicted to it or too addicted to cleaning or, you know, like I now, I, I'm just more aware of it. And I stop it in its tracks before it gets uh, like addictive. Hence why I create balance in all areas of my life because I've realized like what a life can be like when you don't have balance and it's not fun and it's not a life that I want to be living. 
So hence why finding my balance and making you guys aware of what your balance is, is so, so important to me. And it's, it's my goal. It's, that's how I want to make an impact. And that is my why I want to, you know, not only spread the awareness upon disordered eating and how detrimental it can be on your health, your mental state, but your whole entire life. And I also want to spread the awareness of how important it is to finding your balance and find what works for you, not what works for other people on social media, not works, not what works for your friends, you know, someone that you read in the magazine, a Kardashian, what works for you. So basically just letting go and accepting life and accepting who you are was something that was really, really important on my recovery journey and on my journey of life, I guess, just um, letting go of all negative thoughts towards myself, towards my addictions. And a way that I started to become more aware of that was through meditating. So meditating definitely did save my life, meditating and journaling. So what them two things are helping you with is becoming aware of your thoughts. And as humans, we just, we're not actually aware of our thoughts. They just come and go whenever they please. And to become more aware of what you're thinking on a daily basis or like what you're unconsciously thinking is so important because what you're thinking literally becomes your whole entire life. And yeah, just um, through meditating and journaling, I was able to become more aware of what I was thinking. And when I first started, they were not nice thoughts at all. They were very negative towards myself, towards everything. There was just a lot of pain that was there. And just becoming more aware of that was so important because awareness is key. Awareness is knowledge. And once you're more aware and you say it out loud or you, you write it down, you're like, holy shit, why am I thinking this? Why am I doing this? And yeah, like asking yourself questions and how do I feel? How does this person make me feel? You know, is this relationship serving me? How do I feel in my job? Just actually asking yourself questions and I would do this through meditating and through journaling. And I'd force it upon myself. I really would because it's these things like meditating and journaling, it's not something that you want to do all the time. So I, at the start I did have to make a habit about it and actually force myself and then I started to feel the benefits and I, that's all I wanted to do really. And to this day, I still definitely do, like I said, have addictive thoughts and I still um, feel disordered eating thoughts arise because like any addiction, you know, that it's going to be there because it was indented for so long. And it's just about, right, because I am aware of it, I just choose not to feed it. And just because it's a thought doesn't mean it's a thing. Okay, just because you're thinking that way doesn't mean you have to do it. So again, like the more you feed the ego, the stronger the ego will get. The more you feed thoughts or addictions or habits, the stronger them thoughts, addictions or habits will get. So if you're having negative thoughts, you have to become aware of them and choose not to feed them. So by feeding, it's by acting upon them or dwelling within them. So don't give them the energy. And I know, I know it's, it's hard to like, it's hard to kind of like do like, what do you mean? Give the energy. You just got to become aware of what that looks like for you. So like I said, thoughts, they come and go whenever they please. So what we are in control of is like the, the feeding part. So the action or the dwelling and just like, like I said, becoming more aware of what that looks like for you. Um, yeah, like that, that is something that I still to this day definitely do use because like I said, habits and addictions, they do take some time to get out of your system. And like, I just, I don't feed them now. And if I do see them arise, I know what I need to do meditation and just literally go against the bad thoughts. Um, 
it is it can be hard especially with social media because you see all these people they're dieting they're doing these things and you're like oh maybe I should do this maybe this is the healthy way and that's definitely one of the reasons why I got into veganism because I seen everyone else doing it so dieting and trying extreme diets and trying to find what works for me it's definitely been a recurring thing in my life the past like six seven years so for me I've just come to the conclusion that dieting is not a thing that I ever need to do because it's just going to create unhealthy relationship with food. So it's the same with intermittent fasting or um, cutting out carbs or macro counting. I've just realized that like for me, I just need to focus on nourishing my body and focusing on balance. And if you have had a past with disordered eating, I would definitely recommend doing the same, you know, not focusing not actually complicating food at all and just really nourishing your body because just because people on social media are dieting doesn't mean you need to be dieting okay because majority of these time the people who are dieting they they'll post you know these really clean restrictive meals but they won't be actually having that but someone with disordered eating or an addictive personality they will have that and they'll live by that so i found that's what i was doing and it, i wasn't happy and it's not until that i really created my balance and just being a lot freer with food and eating what I want and becoming more in tune with my body and knowing what my body needs. And you can't expect your body, you can't expect yourself to become more in tune with your body if you're constantly dieting or you're restricting because you're unable to listen to its signals and what it needs. And that is something that I I have valued so much is that I am more in tune with my body and that has come from meditating resting and not dieting as well and just really listening to my body and what it needs so for those struggling with any disordered eating or addictive personality when it comes to food um, my advice for you would be one don't complicate food make habits to listening to your body so if you're making habits and actions towards like a an all or nothing attitude when it comes to food so you're restricting then you're binging and you're restricting then you're binging or you're making habits to dieting they're not sustainable you need to be making the habits to listening to your body and like a long lasting healthy life and a long lasting healthy life didn't come from focusing on diets it came from focusing on routines and habits that are going to work for your entire life because I am definitely planning on you know, eating healthy and living active my whole entire life. So rather than focusing on restrictive habits and, you know, making habits to being restrictive and having that all or nothing attitude, I've started to make habits on balance and something that I'm going to want to do for the rest of my life, not have to do. Number two would be work with your body, not against it. So when you do struggle with disordered eating, you usually struggle with body dysmorphia also or you have a bad relationship with exercise and them two definitely come hand in hand because you know if you eat more you exercise more or you eat less so you can exercise less and it's you need to focus on creating a good relationship with both of them because they both like I said they're going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life and they're probably going to be a part of your guys life for the rest of your life so you want to be making the habits to creating good relationships with them both. So how I've done that is I've I've become aware of what I enjoy doing in the gym and it's definitely not cardio. 
um, it's it's weights. I I love weights, so I've started to actually train more weights. And you know, I'll go to the gym and I'll be like, cool. What do I want to train? Not what do I have to train? What do I want to train? And you know what? I I love training intense, but for 25, 30 minutes, like as intense. I mean, like hit workouts, or Tabata with mixed with weights. And I love going in there. I love you know getting my heart rate up and just getting out like exercise and the gym isn't my whole entire life so I've realized that okay cool I do love to work out but not seven days a week four days a week three even I I go off how I feel and I go to the gym I go for 25 30 minutes and then I leave and then that's done and I don't exercise because I've eaten a burger and I feel like I need exercise I exercise because I feel good I feel amazing and I want to enhance that through exercise and I honestly um, look forward to my workout so much. Like I love working out. Like for me, it's I actually have to force rest days upon myself because I look forward to working out. And that I've created that through working with my body, not against it. When it comes to exercise, I've realized what I like doing. And also with working with your body, not against it, it that also comes down to um, becoming more aware of what you like to do on a daily basis, what foods you like to eat, so when I started to actually nourish my body with the foods that I love, it started to work with me. Like, okay, cool. Like, I'm feeling good. I'm actually creating a good relationship with food. I'm not feeling restrictive. So when it's not, when you're not feeling deprived or restricted, you're able to actually enjoy what you're doing and feel good about it. And at the end of the day, health to me is about feeling good, feeling free, feeling content. Tip number three would be be clear with what you're struggling with. Okay, so... Um, anyone with disordered eating or bad habits or an addictive personality or exercise addiction, um, everyone struggles with individual things. So you want to be really, really clear with what that is and actually write it down and write down when it occurs, how it occurs, why you think it occurs, what you do when it occurs. Become clear. Clarity is everything, okay, because what you struggle with is completely different to what someone else struggles with. So becoming clear with what you struggle with, then you can kind of work on what you need to do next, okay? Because in life, everything has a method, everything has a structure, and when you start to see life like that, <laughs> you kind of simplify it a little bit more. It's not all like cluttered in your head. It's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. If I do something, if I make a habit, if I feed something, it grows, it shrinks, I can actually control how I feel, the actions I do. And it's crazy because we're not really taught it in school. So just becoming clear with what you struggle with and then becoming clear with what it looks like, what you do to feed it and the opposition of that. So the opposition of what you need to do to make it shrink, like I said, to make it shrink, to, to serve you, not the addiction, okay? Um, tip number four would be open up. So opening up to my mum, she was the first person I opened up to and it was the best thing that I ever did, just got, got it off my shoulders. So it's kind of like when you open up, you're really acknowledging what you're struggling with and you're acknowledging what isn't making you feel good and you do need to acknowledge it and be clear and shed some awareness upon it. doesn't mean you're dwelling within it. doesn't mean that you're feeding it. You're just acknowledging it and acknowledging where your pain's coming from and what you're feeling because that's when you start to realize that, okay, this isn't a way of living. You know, it's not right to feel this way. And acknowledging that and opening up is definitely one of the first steps, actually. That was the first steps that I, I've taken. But um, 
yeah, that's just opening up to someone who you know is going to help. If you're just going to open up to someone and it's going to be someone who is either going to feed your addiction or isn't really going to give you the best advice, sometimes it isn't isn't the best. So you really want to be opening up to someone who you know is going to care, whether it is a counsellor, a parent, a teacher, someone online even. There's so many things online, whether it's support groups, Facebook groups, like um, people that can coach you as well. There's so many. I actually did um, a year of coaching girls around the world and hence why I am I, I'm so aware of the human mind now because I did so much of my own research towards it when it came to the human mind and addictions and eating disorders and I did a year of coaching and everyone that came on to my program it was called um the self-healing program and every girl that came on they they all benefited and we still stay in touch and it's so amazing but I I know that there is other programs like that but even if you can't find a program like I said just opening up to a family member or a friend someone online there is always someone who is going to listen and number five would be switch your focus, okay, so your focus is everything, what you focus on is literally life, okay guys, so where focus goes, energy flows, right, well that is with everything, even with disordered eating and addictions, so if you're constantly focusing on food, 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 or restriction, or feeling a certain way, or your body, that is all you're going to see, feel, hear, okay, It's, it's all about switching your focus, so in the moment, you know, if you're focusing on um, you're becoming fearful of a meal that you're about to eat or you're about to eat out with friends and you're scared of it or you're just feeling um, addictive or disordered thoughts arise, you just need to switch your focus. So what I do is I actually <laughs> live by this saying and it's interrupt anxiety with gratitude. So anxiety, that's just another disordered kind of way of feeling, living and thinking and when you start to realize that just basically all negative thoughts and emotions, it gives you that like sense of anxiety, doesn't it? So when I'm feeling an addictive um, thought or a disordered thought arise, that's it's just anxiety. And um, when you interrupt anxiety thoughts and anxiety feelings with gratitude, it, it does wonders, honestly. So if I'm having them addictive thoughts... I'll swap it, okay, rather than thinking, oh, no, I'm going out to lunch with um, friends, what if they don't have anything on the menu that is, you know, a part of my meal plan or whatever, whatever, you just, you literally just switch your mind and you go, I'm so freaking grateful that I have friends to go to lunch with, I'm so grateful that, you know, I have this spare time, I'm not working and I am free and I can do that and I'm in, in an environment where I can just go to lunch with my friends and not have to worry about being shot off the road or just something completely random. I'm not in war, you know. I'm around this beautiful country with beautiful people. And just really switching your anxiety thoughts, your negative thoughts with gratitude. I know it seems so simple and so blasé, but it honestly works. Because like I said, switching your focus is everything. And your mind, like, it... like sometimes it can have a mind of its own your mind can have a mind of its own and if you're not like consciously switching your thoughts and creating your thought pattern it'll create it for you and through um habitual habits and the media and how we've been programmed how our mind have been programmed 
they're not it's not always the best way of thinking if you're allowing it to just unconsciously think so to create more conscious thoughts and to you know creating the habit to conscious thinking is so so important and how i do that is interrupting anxiety or negative thoughts with gratitude so even if you have to fake it till you make it okay because your mind doesn't know you're faking it it just knows your thoughts it knows your energy so if you're giving it that grateful energy that's all it knows that's all it sees that's all it hears and yeah that is definitely something that i live by and has helped me so much so yeah, they're just my five simple tips. I'm not a professional. If you are struggling, I do advise to go actually seek professional help. But I'm just talking from experience. So I'm sharing with you guys things that have helped me on my journey. And I personally know that experience is the best type of knowledge because I, I understand what it's like. I've been there. And these are the certain methods and things that I live by to get myself out of it. And you just got to realize you're not alone. I know when you've got an addictive personality or you've got a disordered way of living, being, habits, whatever, you do feel alone, but you're not alone. Everyone has habits. Everyone has bad thoughts. And you've got to just understand that's all they are, okay? They're, they're habits. They're a way of thinking. Um, it's, it's just something that you have fed for such a period of time that it's become you and it's all you know. And you're in control of creating new habits. You're in control of a new life, a new way of thinking. You just got to be consistent, okay? Don't expect um, wonders to happen within the first two days. It, it takes time. Like, mine took me three years of, like, fully recovering to actually get myself out of it. Three whole mother-licking years. <laughs> so, I was, I was consistent. I was. I was consistent and I would fall back, but that's okay. I I knew where I wanted to go and freedom was what I was striving for. So yeah, find out your why. And mine was freedom and to this day, freedom is still one of my affirmations. I do every everything that I do every single day is just to have freedom, have happiness, feel content and just love myself, love my body, love my relationship with food, my friends, everything and finding my balance. But that is that is it for today, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed my first little episode of my podcast. So basically what I am planning to do is just like um, a normal podcast, bringing people on, really interviewing them, getting in depth about health, fitness, asking people about um, content creating, influencing, anything to do with basically what I'm about. So I'm really excited. I do have a list of people that I will be interviewing. I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to kind of like, actually ask people questions like how because oh, I listen to so many podcasts and I'm like oh that's a good question like I want to be a good question asker because like I'm really good at answering questions and talking a lot but I want to see what it's like on the receiving end to ask people questions so I'm really excited about this I do talk a lot so for me to kind of like sit back and listen this is going to be a challenge for me but this is why I'm excited I'm all about growth baby I'm all about challenges but yeah, so thank you for tuning in on the Seacast episode one. Um, make sure you guys do subscribe and follow my little Seacast journey. I'm so excited. And don't forget to follow my socials, guys. So Christy Swellin is my Instagram, same as my YouTube. Um, and then I have my website, which is just christyswellin.com. So exciting, guys. Okay, anyway, I will see you guys in my next Seacast. Woohoo! Love yous. Bye.